0: My own little trust walk. The doctor who wanted to cure the world. Paul Farmer wanted to to cure the world. He believed that access to medical care was a human right. Farmer was a practitioner of what he called social medicine. Illness and disease, he taught his students, had social roots and must be addressed by fixing broken social structures, systems, that kept people chronically ill and poor. While he was still a student at Harvard Medical School in the 1980s, Paul and his colleagues opened a one-room clinic in a remote village in Haiti. They not only cared for the sick, but they also trained a team of community health care workers to serve the local areas. That clinic, was truly the beginning of that which we now know as partners in health partners in health was founded by dr farmer in 1987 over the last years partners in health 35 years partners and health fundamentally changed the way healthcare is delivered in the most impoverished places on the earth. In addition to the 16 clinics in his beloved Haiti, Partners in Health operates in 11 other countries, serving millions of people every year. Smart and funny, with a relentless drive to do good by those he served, Paul Farmer inspired countless others to do the same. He treated everyone with the same genuine compassion, kindness, and dignity. He seemed to specialize in overcoming dysfunctional violence and help to improve the lives of those truly suffering, those who are truly poor and vulnerable. He lived among the people he was treating, moving his family to Rwanda and to Haiti, for extended periods of time. Dr. Farmer raised millions of of dollars for partners in health. He had a contagious enthusiasm, you might say, and a considerable nerve. He didn't ask for money as much as he challenged donors to look that perhaps each of us carries a responsibility that we care for one another around the world. Paul Farmer died unexpectedly this past February at the organization's hospital in Rwanda. He was 62 years old. In Tracy Kidder's book, Mountains Beyond Mountains, the quest of Dr. Paul Farmer, a man who would cure the world, Paul Farmer explained what drove his love of being a doctor And I quote, God gives us humans everything that we need to flourish, but he's not the one who's supposed to divvy up the loot. You want to see where Christ crucified abides today? Go to where the most vulnerable, the most poor, the people who are suffering, and that's where he is. See, the late Paul Farmer, I think, in so many ways modeled the role of shepherding that Jesus calls, I think, each one of us to take on, to accompany one another through the steep paths and the dangerous ridges that we all must walk in our lives, not diminishing the danger or the pain, but always with a willingness to help one another to make our way through those experiences. See I believe that the challenge of taking up the Good Shepherd's staff is to face the truth despite our own fears. To seek out God's light if only a flicker in the midst of overwhelming darkness. To reach out to grab someone who's falling despite their own tenuous grip. See, it's in our very simple, each of our own acts of generosity, love, forgiveness, that I think we give rise to the voice of Jesus, who is the Good Shepherd. I've been thinking this week about those voices. And of course, on this Mother's Day weekend, I can't help but think of my own mom, who is that voice that, as one of her four children, we all knew so well. And I think in the past, I've shared with you that with my mom, it wasn't stories at bedtime, but she'd sit at the piano and sing. And all these years later, I still hear her voice at night oftentimes, on times when the day has been challenging or difficult, the voice of my mom's bell-like tone is singing out how much is that doggie in the window, <laughs> how many times that poor woman sang that song for me, but I still hear it as if she's right in the next room, And I feel my blood pressure lower, my heart rate slow, and sleep comes at last. I thought of the magnificent physicians that I have had over the years who have cared for me and truly who have loved me. Over these last, the last year in particular, oftentimes people have asked, you're still wearing a mask? And so I say, yeah, my neurologist asked that I wear one. And about a year ago, I had decided to stop. I only wore it in the procession. I would take it off. And I have one of these Apple watches, and I was preaching. I would taken my mask off, and all of a sudden, I felt the vibration in my wrist, and It was the neurologist from U of M. And I won't use the exact language, but I will use language that's close to that which he sent me, which was, Father, put your darn mask back on your face now. (laughs) He had been here for a funeral a week or so before. He said, those people slobber all over you. He said, you don't know where their lips have been. Leave your mask on. Every time I put my mask on, I hear his voice. And the last one was today at First Communion. We had our last two masses this morning. 64 children, I think, last weekend and about 61 this weekend And this weekend, unbelievably, at the 1130 Mass, there were four widows, parents whom I have buried in these last couple years. And oddly enough, they were all together at this 1130 Mass today. And I talked about those people in our lives who give us everything that they have. And I asked, who are those people in your life giving them a hint of what tomorrow we would be celebrating. Of course, mom came strong and clear. And then one little girl by the name of Charlotte, whose dad I buried a few months back, looked at me and she said, our dads, too, gave us everything that we need. And then after mass, she came with a little drawing in a picture that she had prepared for me, which simply says, Father Dennis, thank you for letting me receive Jesus today. I love you. And when I blessed the rosary that she had on her hand, on her wrist, she said, whenever I'm afraid, I can still hear your voice at Daddy's funeral, and I know that I'm going to be OK. Throughout our lives, the number of people who walk with us, who shepherd us, who touch our hearts and change us forever other people who follow in the ways of the Lord Jesus, the Good Shepherd. I pray that one day when Charlotte is bringing her child to church, maybe in some little way she'll still remember my voice in her ears, believing that even in the midst of not being able to understand anything at all, we're loved. Who are the voices who've shepherded you through your life, and who are the ones in your life with your voice have you shepherded? Before you close your eyes tonight, give thanks for the ones whose voice you still hear, and for all of the ones who wait to hear your voice.